Good morning, everyone. It is the 23rd of May. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Pelas Trotaki and Alex Byrne. The S&P 500 suffered its seventh consecutive week of losses as recession fears moved to the top of the agenda. At one point on Friday, the index even dipped into bear market territory. That's a 20% fall from January's high. Alex, it's being described as a controlled implosion over a number of months, but last week the S&P was not pulled down by any of the big tech names, but by a sector thought to be far more defensive. That's right. So two good examples are two big American retailers, Walmart and Target, both shocked the markets with profit warnings. Walmart down 20% at one point and Target close to 30% at a time. Companies like this suffer for a myriad of factors and are really illustrative of the dynamics at play in the market at the moment. So we've got higher inflation, driving wage inflation of its employees, soaring energy and input prices, supply chain bottlenecks, and finally questions over consumer confidence. Lower spending, especially on larger discretionary goods. However, this seemingly is less of a clear issue. US retail sales grew 0.9% in April, making the fourth straight month of higher spending. We've had this environment for weeks now where anything with moderate growth expectations in the future or higher valuations is being severely tested and investors are really questioning whether the companies will be able to deliver on that higher level. Any hints of disappointment are being heavily punished. This heavy punishment for undershooting, however, isn't a new dynamic and whilst defensive companies are exact that, they still have reasonable growth expectations but definitely have those higher valuations because of that perceived security. Yes, and this message of a more reluctant consumer has been coming through loud and clear from the US, from the UK, from China. Yes, that's right. China's retail sales fell 11% in April, making a two-year low. China's zero COVID policy locking down major cities is undeniably a large reason for this, and it's hard to see how continuation along this lockdown path doesn't affect China and global economics. In comparison to the very poor forward-looking sentiment index you mentioned, the UK retail sales saw a surprise rise, 1.4% in April. This is in the backdrop of a longer-term downward trend, though, and the UK's cost-of-living crisis highlighted by a 9% inflation figure last week. Yes, indeed. And we saw significant action, though, by the People's Bank of China to provide stimulus. We did. We've obviously seen multiple parts of stimulus over the last few months. But over the last week, mortgage lending rates were cut by the biggest move on record in an attempt to reduce the economic impact of those COVID lockdowns and also that property sector slowdown that we've mentioned for months now. This tries to address that crisis in the real estate sector, estimated at close to 30% of the Chinese economy. The cut immediately reduced that borrowing cost on mortgages across the country as a whole. And it certainly helped to boost sentiment in China and calm fears of an imminent China slowdown for other markets. Elsewhere, Pella, we had some fairly emphatic commentary from the chair of the US Federal Reserve with regard to interest rate rises. Thank you, Lorna. Indeed, on Tuesday of last week, Jay Powell gave an interview at which he sought to emphasize the Fed's commitment to keep tightening monetary policy until there is, and I quote, clear and convincing evidence that inflation is coming back towards the bank's 2% target. He went on to state that the Fed won't hesitate at all to raise rates above neutral if warranted by the data in order to restore price stability. This arguably has echoes of the whatever it takes speech with which then ECB President Mario Draghi sought to calm markets back in 2012. But this situation is different. First, as Powell himself alluded to, variables like inflationary pressures coming from rising food and fuel prices because of the war in Ukraine lie outside the bank's control. And second, because in this case, doing whatever it takes on the monetary front to tame inflation risks tipping the US economy into recession. And in fact, what you've seen is that after a brief widening of the US 10-year on Tuesday, from Wednesday, the yield started coming down and it's now declined from 3% to 2.79% at Friday's close. 
So the bond markets there clearly indicating that recession might be on the cards. If we look nearer term, though, the week ahead, the Fed will publish the FOMC minutes of their April meeting, certainly be closely analysed. And we will also have the April PCE inflation data from the US, which is, of course, the Fed's targeted measure, as you say. Absolutely. And after the 9% uh, print we got for UK inflation last week, uh, all eyes will be on that uh, US PCE inflation figure, uh, which, as you say, will be released uh, on Friday. Recall that core PCE, which excludes food and energy, came in at 5.2% year on year last month. For this month, it's expected to moderate to 4.9%. So if that expectation is not uh, validated, there could be a big risk for markets there. Yes, markets will certainly be very closely watching that one. And Alex, the flash or early PMI data will arrive for the major economies. Would you expect to see signs of stress here? It does. That's right, Lola. Europe, we have seen slight downgrades to both the services and manufacturing numbers, but they remain in manageable levels. Remembering that we're still at very high levels overall, close to 55. US services is similar, but there has been an overall lowering of expectations more dramatically in manufacturing. But again, we're at high levels. Manufacturing, for instance, expected to drop to, but still at 57.9. Remember that anything above 50 is an expectation for expansion. This PMI data is important. It provides insights into the extent to which the Ukrainian invasion and China's lockdowns are damaging supply chains and adding to those inflationary pressures. However, the service sector data will also be of a great interest in assessing the degree to which price pressures are feeding through from goods to services, notably via wages, as these second round inflation effects could have a major influence on monetary policy. Thank you both very much indeed. Thank you, Lorna. Thank you, Lorna.